people are always watching you and you can make a positive impact on the world and the people around you if you really want to. Welcome to Working Women Mentor, a podcast that empowers everyday women like you, like me, to share and learn from life's mentor moments. I am your host, Rainey Alfers, and in each episode, you will meet inspiring women that understand the power of recognizing mentor moments and how those moments can change it all. These fabulous women are here and ready to share it all with you. So let's dive in. Hey everyone, on today's episode of Working Women Mentor, we get to talk about golf, but golf and mentorship and through the eyes of two beautiful ladies, young professional golfers who are doing things in their career right now that are truly passion-based. They've had so many mentor moments and have learned to look at those that have come before them, even at this early stage of their careers. Anne Parmeter and Katrina Prendergast are incredible guests today. You're going to find a lot of vulnerability, and they are oozing with where they are in work and life and encouragement of women to embrace golf. If you're not a golfer yet, you might be inspired to pick up a club by the end of this episode. Let's jump in and meet Anne and Katrina. Anne and Katrina, welcome to Working Women Mentor. How are you today? We're great. Thanks for having us on. I love that you're both here. I'm excited about two women in golf, two women early in their careers, and two women who believe in mentorship. We are very lucky to have you today, so thank you so much. And Anne, I'll start with you. Tell me a little bit about yourself and introduce yourself to our audience. I'm Ann Parbiter, born and raised Texan, born in Austin and moved to uh, Dallas when I was a little younger and moved back to Austin. Went to high school there and came back to Dallas, actually, to go to Dallas Baptist University. Played golf there all four years, loved it. Turned out to be a dream school for me. Got two degrees, got an undergraduate in business, just management side, and got an MBA in marketing and kind of took that, had some internships throughout school and ended up deciding to take golf professionally. I have been playing golf full time throughout the summer, March through basically. August and I actually took a assistant coaching job at East Texas Baptist University. It'll be a really cool experience for me to bridge that gap between D3 collegiate athletics and professional golf. That's where I reside in my career currently. A professional golfer, wow. The career that you've had so far at such a young age is just amazing. <laughs> Katrina, where are you today and what are you working on? Tell us about you. I grew up in Reno, Nevada. I played kind of every sport as a kid. Ended up choosing golf, and that led me to Colorado State University. Played all four years there, and then moved back home after college and decided I wanted to take my skills professionally and moved to Arizona for about a year and a half. And then decided for travels and just about everything that comes with golf, Texas would be the place that I needed to be. So I moved to Dallas, Texas to continue my career in the professional golf field. And that also led me to a coaching job as well. I am a grad assistant at the University of Dallas men's and women's golf team. I'm also getting my master's in business as well. So that's where I reside currently. So two golfers, two grads, two masters. I mean, we've got a lot going on, ladies. You should be incredibly proud. But I have to know, how did y'all both get started in golf? I mean, because it's not as common as we think of a path. 
Yeah, so I just grew up with my dad going out on the golf course, following him around. He played at Elon College, but didn't really take anything up after that. But he's a very great scratch golfer. So as a kid, I just followed him around and caught on, would put a couple putts every once in a while, chips, and decided that was a sport I wanted to play. And that led me to Colorado State. And now I'm here playing professionally. Isn't it interesting? The influences that we have as a child and what we're drawn to and how that leads us in our professional life and to our professional life. I think that's incredibly interesting. I know. It's crazy. The sport is global and everyone's catching on now and it's a great sport to be a part of. Well, I think that each of you have had some interesting mentor moments in your life. And uh, Katrina, I'll start with you because you moved around quite a bit. And you've had some different experiences earlier in your career. Tell us a little bit about those moves and what you've learned for them at this stage. I started golf with my dad and he was very encouraging from the start. Allowed me to play all different sports, supported me 100%. That's what led me into college. Annie Young was my first real mentor. She's the one who recruited me to go to Colorado State. Knew that I could be a part of the program and be someone that could be a big part of the program throughout the four years I was there. So she led me to regionals three times as an individual for D1 athlete. That's pretty awesome. But then as I transitioned into the pro career, I took more of the mental side of it. Or as long as I can remember, golf has been very technical for me and it's always been about the swing. But I believe that the mental side has become a huge part as I transitioned into a pro career just because you're no longer just playing for a team, a spot on the team. Now you're playing for money and you're playing for a paycheck. So Kyle Aldrich, he is one of the mental coaches that I've been working with. He took more of the approach of just believing in myself and more of the confidence standpoint. You never know what's going to happen on the golf course. Your swing, you can do as much as you can with the swing, but it all comes from within. You're going to be stepping into certain situations that you don't know what's going to happen. Just believing in yourself and that's all you really can do out there on the golf course. And that's really helped me as I transition to this pro career. Just believe me, the confidence to execute every shot out on the golf course and know that I believe that I can be out there and compete with these girls at the same level they are all at. How did he recognize that you just simply needed to believe in yourself? Because he saw something clearly. This really allowed you to evolve with him personally and to grow. What's that journey been like for you? In golf, you can see based on scores, past scores, how you've moved throughout your golf career. And I began having a, just a lot of anxiety with playing in tournaments and competing with these girls and honestly just knowing that I shouldn't be there because I wasn't shooting the scores that I should be. And after lessons and lessons, we just established that I was having so much anxiety standing over the golf ball and hitting and executing the shot that I needed to. So just diving deep into, okay, how do we transition that to hitting good shots on the golf course from the range to the tee box? It just transformed me into this person where I'll step up on the tee and know a thousand percent that I believe that I can hit this golf shot. But it did take some time to figure that out because at the beginning we were just talking about, okay, just execute the shot. That's not as easy as it sounds because I had so much anxiety sitting over the golf ball. So with time, we could tell that there was a lot more to it and it's really helped me along the way. I think that relates to so much in life. I can remember doing a wine tasting somewhere south of France, and my guide said, Rainy, you don't trust yourself. Stop asking me what I think about the wine, and you start talking about it because you know what you're doing. And I spent four days with this guy, and I did know what I was doing. I absolutely did. I 
was learning, but I wasn't confident enough in what I was saying. So I can completely get that. I think confidence is something that everyone struggles with it from time to time. And it's just there. It could be golf. It could be wine. It could be work. It could be relationships, anything. So I like the analogy in that we find a lessons. And I know as a professional golfer, you're traveling all over the world and you've had a lot of different experiences in that space. What have been some of the mentor moments that you'd want to share with women listening today? So I have an interesting one, actually. It goes back to my college days. I've always had mentors in and out of my life, I think, without really realizing it. My parents, swing coaches, high school coaches, that kind of thing. And you realize that along the way as it fades away over time. And one of them for me was my college coach at Dallas Baptist University, Mr. Kenny Trapp. He's been a very instrumental part of me really growing up. Going to college, you're 18 years old and you think you're grown up until you're thrown into college golf as a whole thing. And it's hard and it's tough and being a student athlete's really tough. And you think you kind of got it all handled. And he was the one that stepped in and really helped me grow a lot as a person. And I wouldn't be the same person I am today as if I hadn't met him and that kind of for four years he was very hard on me he's very tough love and I was a pretty exceptional player in college and so it made sense why he was the way he was with me and a lot of people didn't get that and I come out of college I decided to take the professional route with golf and he still stands by me to this day I remember my first professional event it was here in Dallas it was the Texas State Open and I had a lot of nerves drowning and I really didn't feel ready for it even though I come off a really good finish to my senior year and nobody should have been nervous in my situation, but I was. And like Katrina was talking about, I didn't have a lot of confidence going into it. And I actually had a meltdown the night before the first round and was on the phone. I was like, I can't do this. I don't want to do this by myself. There's no way I can handle this. And he basically told me, he was like, this is why I prepared you and was so hard on you for all those four years is because I had to let you fly and you have to fly tomorrow. You're going to have to fly for the rest of your career and I'll always be there to catch you and I'll always be there to cheer you on. But like just fly the coop and our assistant coach Sierra Campbell actually was on the bag for me and she played a really intricate part of me playing pretty well that week and helping me through all of that and he after the round he was like hey this is I told you you had to fly and you did it and he was like he always used to say way to go little buddy and after that round he gave me a big old hug and I was like I'm so proud of you little buddy and from that moment on I think our relationship has grown into a very mentor mentee kind of relationship and it wasn't until even the past couple of years that I've really noticed that as well. So it's very cool that even off the golf course, he's the exact same way as a mentor. To have him there through the ups and downs of both life and golf to help me and guide me in the right direction. How would you describe that moment when he said, it's time for you to fly? Were you just like, oh, no, 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 not yet. Please don't make me do this. Or were you just like, oh, yeah. It sure is. I'm ready to fly. I mean, it's such a big moment. So when someone sees it, and tells you, and is very direct, especially coming from a coach that you had, it's not just a random person off the street. They absolutely knew you were capable. I mean, that that's a, it's a beautiful feeling. It was a lot of fear behind it, honestly. I've never really been a super confident person in general in my golf game. I always played pretty well, but I was never super confident in my golf game unless he told me. That validation from him was an aha moment where I was like, okay, we can do this. We can figure this out. And it was a really emotional moment, to be honest. And I used to think about it all the time and it made me cry sometimes, but it was, it was one of those things. It was the aha moment of, okay, you really do got this. This is, it's not just gonna be like you have him you have everybody else around you and it was a really intricate moment in 
that sense that it finally helped me realize that I can believe in myself in the same way he has for the five years at that point we'd known each other. And it was a really beautiful moment. It's the moment you see yourself through someone's eyes. That is a beautiful moment. So both of you are young in your careers and growing. What advice would you give to the women behind you? Because there are women behind you, and I would bet they're looking up to you. You're professional athletes. You've been professional athletes. You have a skill set that not many have. Katrina, give us some examples of what it's been like for women looking up to you and what you tell them. Follow a passion. Follow your passion, whatever that may be. For us, obviously, it's the game of golf. And no matter what where life takes me, I want to be involved in the golf industry. As we've grown older and transitioned into this pro career, there's not a lot of money in golf. Obviously, you see a lot of the PGA Tour guys and how much money they make, but it's very different on the women's side. So, you know, being okay with people telling you, why are you doing that? There's no money and you're never going to make any money. It's so hard to get to the PGA. Why are you doing that? Blocking out the naysayers, following a passion. If you love the game, keep doing it. It's going to be an up and down ride. You're going to have highs, you're going to have lows, but you just need to be okay with that and take it day by day and see where it puts you. And I know there's women looking up to you. What is your message to them? I didn't have a really easy end of my life school career. I had a lot of family issues go down and it was really hard transitioning in that college aspect, which is where Coach Track came in, obviously. And I think it was really cool to me to struggle as much as I did in my three, four years at DBU, but come out of there and have all my younger high school teammates text me and call me and be like, hey, it was so cool to watch you grow and watch you be so successful. And they obviously didn't know what was going on with me behind the scenes, but they were like, you don't understand how inspired we were by you. I decided to go to this college because you did so well at your small college and I want to do the same thing. Or it was so inspiring to watch you just keep doing what you're doing despite what happened. And it was very cool to see you just succeed. I didn't realize how much of an impact I had on people. And so it was very cool to be able to just do what I do day in and day out and realize that was impacting people before me. And I think the biggest message just from my actions and how I've lived my life is you got to wake up and fight the fight every day. Like Katrina said, if you want to follow your passion, it's going to be a fight. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. It's really gritty. There's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and it's not very pretty most of the time. But if you fight the fight, then you're going to get to where you want to be. And that's probably the greatest lesson I've probably learned in my four years. It's interesting because as we're chatting behind the scenes for this podcast, you mentioned something to me that I loved, and it was that people are always watching. People are really watching. How has that made an impact on you? And how do you think we could send that message out to everyone listening? And as in, keep watching or say something? What would you say to that? It's funny because I always like to think that to myself, but my high school coach would be like, nobody cares. If you shoot a bad score, nobody cares besides the five of us and your parents and our, like your coach, like that's about it. And so I always had that mindset. I was like, oh, nobody cares. It doesn't really matter how I carry myself. And over the four years at DBU, I struggled a little bit and my temper got out of hand. I had some attitude issues and Kenny sat me down and was like, look, like you need to get your attitude together. You're representing the university. And that kind of played hand in hand with I realized over time as girls younger than me were coming up to me, people are always watching you. No matter what you're doing, no matter what you're saying, they're going to follow your actions more than they're really going to listen to you. People just notice things. And 
I don't think that's something I really took into account until people came up to me later on in life. You realize that every little decision you're making could possibly impact somebody else. And the way you smile at somebody that day could change their whole day. Maybe they're having a terrible day and you smile and make a nice conversation with them. That could change the impact of their life even. It's always good to know that people are always watching you and you can make a positive impact on the world and the people around you if you really want to. I think that's a wonderful statement, especially to recognize at such an early age and to recognize at any point in our life. And, and you're right. People watch. It's Facebook friends who never comment, but they see you in the grocery store and they know everything that's going on in your life. But they haven't said a word. You have no idea who's looking, who's watching, but everyone is. Let's talk about golf and women in the workplace, because you all feel strongly that we all ladies, we need to learn and up our game and figure out how to golf. Why do you feel so strongly about this? I think golf has become such a business sport. Obviously, a lot of men know the sport. People go out for golf outings, play with their coworkers, but you really don't see women going out there and playing with their coworkers or for a business outing. And I think Anne learned that firsthand working AT&T, and she can tell you a little bit more about that. Yeah, for two summers while I was at school, I had the lovely opportunity to work the AT&T Summer Internship Program, which I didn't realize turned out to be a very huge program, very hard to get into. And I worked two summers, one in Austin, one in Dallas at headquarters. I experienced the best of both worlds there. And being at Dallas headquarters, obviously all the CEOs and all the really important people are walking around just on a daily basis, you see him all the time. And my boss turned out to be a pretty important guy in the company. And he was awesome, very laid back guy. And we were getting to know each other the first couple of weeks of me being there and telling him, oh, I play golf at DBU, no big deal. I just, you don't think much about it when you say it. And he stopped and looked at me and was like, you play golf? I was like, yeah, well, 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 well what's about it? Let him do it. He said, that's awesome. He was like, you're pretty good, clearly. And I'm like, I'm decent, I just play. And he's had the weirdest look on his face. And it didn't really hit me until we started talking more and he was like, oh, you need to come out and play golf with like me and two of his other very important, he was two of my buddies and they're obviously high people in the company, very important people. And it really dawned on me the summer after I got out of that business world and I was like, wow, like they really don't see very good women golfers, especially a corporate setting to begin with. And that's where I kind of realized it's very important not only to grow the game on the women's side, I know there's a lot of initiatives taking place publicly and within companies for that to happen. And I think just in general in business, me getting a business degree, I'll obviously probably have some part hand in the business world at some point. And I think knowing just the game of golf, being able to take out clients and being able to entertain certain people. And obviously men are wheeling and dealing on the golf course all the time, but you don't see women doing that. You don't see women CEOs taking the men out to go play. I think that's definitely where it can shift for women in the business world is taking that initiative and that step to truly want to learn the game, not only just for fun, it's a great sport to know in general, but on the business side, I think it could take women in such a far direction, just being able to take their golf game to the workplace. And what has been the attitude that you've observed of the women on the golf course that are maybe new at this? I'm new to golf. I want to learn to be a lot better at golf and to actually play a, a game and do okay at it. So how are the women feeling when they get out there for the first time? I think everybody's really nervous to just try it. And obviously that's easier said than done with everything. It's very hard to just jump into something and feel like you belong there. But I feel like for golf especially, it's very nerve-wracking to get into such a male-dominated sport. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's very intimidating. It's 95% males out on the range. It's maybe one or two women. I was out there on the range today, and I was the only lady out on the range. It's a very male-dominated sport, like she said, and 
it's intimidating, but go out there, be confident. And whether you whiff the golf ball or if you hit it a mile, you're going to get good at it. It's just going to take time, but you got to go out there and try. It's the new sport. Everyone's taking up golf. And I think it's a great sport to know, even just to play, you can play the rest of your life as well. For the women who are truly interested in giving this a try, where do they start in the golf world? Do they contact a course and schedule a lesson? Do they go to Top Golf? What do they do next after listening to this podcast? It's an interesting question because I work in the golf industry a little bit. I work part-time in a golf shop, so I get that question a lot. It's very interesting because there's a lot more avenues to just pick up the game than you think. And Top Golf did a really good job with their business model like that for the last, I guess, 10 years. It's probably been doing something like that, but because Topgolf, you can walk in and be like, hey, I'm a beginner, I need lessons, and Topgolf hires instructors to go help people out like that. And whether it's a Topgolf or a public golf course, even you can walk in the shop and be like, hey, you got any ladies clinics? You got any just single lessons I can purchase? That kind of thing. And obviously, you can know people too that are members at nicer country clubs that you could possibly join in at other women's clinics at other country clubs. I know our club offers that too. You can get your friends and go to a top golf and kind of figure it out together. Or you can go to a municipal golf course locally and get pretty cheap lessons. And it's even PGA Superstore, for example, they hire instructors. You can walk into a PGA Superstore, for example, and you can buy golf clubs there and then take a lesson there. Well, I have to mention fashion because we ladies love to dress well. What are women wearing right now on the golf course? What's the trend? That's shifted a lot recently, too. Even since I got to college, it used to be men wear pants and a golf shirt and a collared shirt. And the women are expected to wear a collared shirt at most nice country clubs and a skirt or sometimes wear pants. But it's very interesting. At least this is probably just for my generation of who I surround myself with, you see a lot more people wearing Lulu workout shirts with a skirt. So they make it a little more flattering or some people still wear the traditional shorts, belt, and a collared shirt and a hat. You see a lot of different characters out in the course, especially the municipal golf course and people wear whatever they want there. But I think on the women's side, we're making it a lot more appealing sport. I feel like we're emulating tennis where girls are starting to look cuter on the golf course. We're not looking so manly and it's turning into a very flattering sport, in my opinion. And I think that's also why it makes it an attractive sport for women right now as well, is because they're dressing more attractively and it's getting more people out there to want to at least try the game. And tennis has become so individual in terms of style on the court. And so I think you're right. I think you're right on track with the direction of golf. And it'll be interesting to see how that actually transpires over time and finds its way onto the actual golf course. What do you think about Liv's golf tournament and Liv in general? In regards to Liv, I think it's an interesting tour, and I think it's interesting what they're trying to build off of. I'm not necessarily a fan of it, per se. This is obviously just my perspective of it. I think it takes away the competitive aspect. It's cut down to three days. There's no cut. You can shoot 30 over, and you can still make a huge paycheck, whereas you wouldn't make that kind of paycheck unless you're top 20, probably, in the PGA Tour. I don't know the exact numbers, but I don't necessarily think it's good for golf. I think it lets people just be lazy in a sense. They don't have to practice. They don't really have to work really hard to make a living off of it, which is what professional sports is built off of. You have to be a professional athlete. You have to continually grind. You have to continually be doing the little things and the right things that kind of builds up into I think live isn't necessarily the greatest model for professional sports, in my opinion. You really have to work hard to earn that kind of money. And I don't like the fact that live is giving you a handout of that money just for showing up. I mean, 
I don't think that's necessarily portrays how an athlete should perform. It's an interesting business model and concept. And I kind of see what they're trying to go for, but it's not necessarily how I would like the tour to be run in the future, in my eyes. Do you think Liv will put together a women's tour? And if so, how will that be received with women golfers? In regards to the women's tour in Liv Golf, I think will become a thing. There will be a women's side of it just because everybody sees the pay dispersion between men and women professional golf. So I think that's an opportunity for Liv to step in and be like, hey, here's a hundred grand just show up and play these couple events it'll probably be the same format i could imagine and so i definitely think there will be a partnership in that aspect just because the lpga they do need that kind of media attention they do need that money and if it doesn't happen the next year i think it's going to definitely happen in the next five years so i again don't necessarily think it's a good move for the women's tour. I think it'll be received in the same way it did for the men they're going to people that are going to all for it and then they're going to be people that are against it and that money is money that'll help their kids and their grandkids go to college. And it's hard to pass up that kind of paycheck. But at the end of the day, I think it's a lot about where loyalties lie and the state of the game and how the game started. I don't think it's going to be a big social media uproar like it was on the women's side, obviously, just because a lot of people don't follow the women as much as they do the men. But I definitely think it'll be received the same way the men's tour was. There will definitely be some people that are not going to be very happy about it. In the next 15 to 20 years, what would you want to look back on and be proud of if you had to fast forward in your career and really pat yourself on the back? What moment would you want to experience? I've been thinking a lot about that recently. When I first decided to turn pro, it was based on the decision that when I'm on my deathbed at 85, 90 years old, whatever it may be, I don't want to look back and not realize that I tried. I wanted to at least try to take that avenue. You're not going to know if you're successful in anything unless you take that first step. And so it was one of those things where 15, 20 years from now, I'm going to be very proud that I just cried. I attempted as brutal and as hard as it's been and as fulfilling as it's also been. There's also a very positive side to it. I'm going to be happy that I tried and I pursued it with all that I could for the time that I did. And I think that's all I really wanted out of it, to be honest. I think I just wanted to try it and tell myself that I could do it. And I think 20 years from now, I'm going to be even more proud of myself for taking that leap of faith when it was a very hard decision to make. And how about you, Katrina? I think along the same lines is don't have any regrets of not trying to get where you want to go. I've moved a lot of places and I've moved for certain reasons, mainly for mental health reasons and just my own state of being. And I think looking back, I need to be open to every opportunity that presents itself. When it presented itself to go to Arizona, I moved. When I decided to move to Texas because there was an opportunity available for me, I moved. I don't want to regret not having the option to take the opportunities to get me to where I am today and just know that your highs and lows of your life, it's going to go up and down. And when you're not happy, then make the change and be comfortable with the uncomfortable. You just got to be willing to make those changes for those opportunities as they present themselves. Great advice. Thank you both so much for sharing with us today, Anne and Katrina. How can our listeners find you? Maybe you can share your IGs or social profiles where you are with us. Yeah, uh, mine's Katrina Grace 9, like the hurricane. Katrina Grace 9 on Instagram and Twitter. For me, it's just at Amparmeter, P-A-R-M-E-R-T-E-R. A lot like Cravener, probably don't know you want to take it, but I'm not too hard to find. <laughs> Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and you can follow and first day, last day for me. Hey, you can follow along on our golf careers, where they take us.
wherever they take us, one swing at a time. Life is short, and I'm so happy to chat with you both today. I really appreciate you joining in, sharing your perspective from the golf course to the stage of life you're in, encouraging us to get out there and pick up a club, learn to play, and learn to see the people around you is what I'm hearing the most. So thank you. Thank you both, ladies. Yeah, thank you again for having us. It was an honor. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. I hope you'll walk away feeling inspired and are thinking of how a mentor moment can help you or someone you know. In case you haven't hit the follow button to subscribe to this show, please do so. And if you love the episode, I'd really appreciate a review. You see, this review helps Apple or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening to us on know that other women just like you want to learn about the show and it'll help us spread the word. Let's connect on Instagram at Working Women Mentor or at Rainy Alfers. You can find all episodes online at rainyalfers.com forward slash podcast and the ability to send an audiogram of your favorite mentor moments. And we respond to everyone. I truly can't wait to hear from you. Check back weekly for new episodes and cheers until the next episode.